Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for April 1st. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find me on Twitter at ETOF21. You can find me on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore. You can find me for free horse racing picks. And it's a loaded, just an absolute loaded day of horse racing on Saturday at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. For my five things about yesterday and my daily sports take, any breaking news in sports at etop 21 sports underscore sports underscore news on Instagram. And the last one at etop 21 sports underscore fantasy. That's my fantasy football one. Obviously, with everything going on, instead of I haven't really been focusing on that page. So I'm going to start focusing on that page when the NFL draft starts happening more and everything starts coming to fruition. And we see where everyone, where everyone goes in terms of NFL free agency. That's where you can find me on social media. Can we believe it's April 1st? Can we believe that March Madness is almost over? I mean, it's been it's been a good tournament, but the tournament, you know, it's kind of it's kind of lacked that drama. It's kind of lacked the the, the buzzer beaters, the, the the moment of the tournament. Like, what's the moment of the tournament? Um so yeah, it's it's been profitable. You know, it's been a great college basketball season. I'll be talking a little bit more college basketball with my boy David, uh, Denver Dog Better on Twitter later on in the show. Uh, Shy, she comes on. We're gonna talk some women's college basketball. Give our thoughts about that. They have their final four. Great. The game of March that no one is talking about has been UConn NC State. That was a great game, phenomenal game. Her and I will give our predictions about that. Uh, also this weekend, like I said, great weekend in sports. Um, there's WrestleMania. Gino Bacala is going to come on. We're going to talk some WrestleMania. He'll give his thoughts on this card, matches he's looking forward to. We may even look at some betting values because Bet Online it has betting lines up. So we're going to look into that. And of course, Brandon's going to come on. We're going to talk some NASCAR. So we have a great, you know, great show for you today. Thanks for tuning in. And you guys have noticed, Eric, you're probably doing some more video stuff. And that's true. I am doing some more video stuff. You get to see this lovely kisser. Um, so basically what is going to be going on moving forward with, um, you know, the stuff I'm doing. I will, anytime I interview someone for this podcast, I'll always be doing a live interview with, on Twitch. That way you guys can interact with us in real time. You can talk to us if you have a question for Brandon about something, question about Gino about something. Anything you have a question about while I'm actually talking to that person or you have a question to me about betting, you can ask in real time on Twitch while I'm talking to that person and I'll be able to get to you right away or whoever the guest is. Have it be Gino, Sterling, Shy, David, um, whoever, Brandon, will be able to answer that question in real time. Um, and then I will be putting everything together and doing a video YouTube for everyone that has come on. And lastly, of course, it'll be still posted to iTunes and Spotify and everything for those guys that, you know, just want to hear this voice while they're doing on their morning run or whatever. So yeah, so that's kind of like moving forward. I'm going to transit, start transitioning into more video stuff. So you're going to see that you guys can thank my boy Gino for that. Gino talking into doing the NFL show on BTV, which turned into the cutting net show, which turned into the NBA show. And I mean, Jesus, I looked at it. I did 22 shows in the March, in the month of March for BTV. And I liked it. I really like this video stuff. So you guys are going to see me a lot more video stuff. Um, so yeah, so moving forward, that is, uh, that's kind of the plan. 
terms of the last two weeks, I do owe you guys an apology. Um, you know, I've been, like I said, burning the midnight oil. My boy asked me if I want to go up to Milwaukee for the uh, games that were up here. Of course I did. So I went up to Milwaukee, took a day, um, been grinding it, bending at both, uh, both ends of the stick with the gambling stuff and the, um, uh, the, the live streaming stuff and the other stuff I have going on in my life. So I went up to Milwaukee. That's where I was two weeks ago. And then last week, I mean, my sister, she's 40. She's ready to pop out kid number having four any minute ago, any minute. And my old man had a sports earnings operation. So I had to be home giving a little support with that, but I am back and I'm not going anywhere. So my apologies for the last two weeks, but I'm here. I'm here to help you guys to make money. Any questions you have, you can find me. Um, I'm not like these guys that are going to hide their records. If I suck at a sport, I suck at a sport. I'm going to tell you guys straight up. If I'm good at a sport, you'll see I'm good at a sport. That's what I do. No bullshit. That is me. Um, But before we jump in to everything going on and have our guests come in and everything, I just want to talk a little bit about the NBA. Okay, so NBA is ramping up and we have the play-in tournament, which has been great. The play-in tournament's been great for the NBA because it's created drama and people watching and people caring about these games that are going on that are obviously let's face it. If you look at the slack of NBA games, you probably wouldn't care. But when you look and you see that Toronto and Atlanta are all within four games of each other to avoid that playing line, it creates drama and it creates must watch TV where these teams need to compete every single week excuse me, every single game in order to get to that sixth line and and avoid the play-in tournament. And just going down these teams, you know, let's start at the top. We got the Miami Heat. Now, as you know, I'm friends with someone that works in the Miami Heat office. And basically, he he said there's always been underlining issues with Butler and Spolstra. Um both those guys had a meeting with Pat Riley and they, it seems to be ironed out. They seem to be in the right direction. Uh, they replay. I really like it when Spolstra plays Butler at the four. I really like that move. Get some more shooters out there. And let's face it. Duncan Robinson in the bubble made him so much money. It was absolutely positively ridiculous and he was in the starting lineup. Now they put him on the bench player. He's going to start seeing the reduced role. And that's turned out to be nothing but a bad contract for the Heat. So I'm really, I'm not, I don't think that he can win it. Um, you know, Lowry, they got Lowry for, you know, playoff basketball. And he just kind of seems to be kind of going through the motions to get there. But I think that where there's smoke, there's fire. And when Butler is threatening to fight, coach Spolstra there's obviously some underlining issues there and when push comes to shove in the playoffs that's going to rear its ugly head again so I really think that he are prone for an upset depending on who they're going to play in the first round uh the Milwaukee Bucks I'll say it right now I think with everything going on the Bucks are the best team in the east uh they it's gotten to the point the last two years, it was like, how are they going to mess this up after what Giannis did in the playoffs and what he did last night 
in Brooklyn and the night before in Philadelphia, it's not what he's going to do to mess up. It's how is he going to save us and how is he going to correct this? Have it be a defensive block, a double team, force Durant into a a bad shot, hitting a jump shot, driving to the basket, whatever. The Bucs winning that championship has propelled that team, Middleton, Giannis, Holiday, the whole crew to new heights. And I really feel, barring any injury, the Bucs are the team that are going to be coming out the East. Next, we're going to the Celtics. It's too bad. It seems like every year the Celtics have these goddamn injuries. And it's this year's no different. You know, they lost Robert Williams. He was their only size. And we saw it in the game against the Heat when Lowry was driving. He was getting to the rim, and he was not scared of Al Horford. I always felt like no depth behind um, behind Williams was going to hurt them. But, you know, I felt him being out there was enough. But him no, not there, no size. I think that's really going to glare its ugly head. Could they win a series? Yeah, of course they could win a series. And with Tatum and Brown, could they push one of the topper echelon teams in the East? Oh, of course, with Tatum and Brown, they could. But I really, at the end of the day, I think the lack of size that they have is going to end up hurting them, even if Williams is able to come back. Uh, For Philadelphia 76ers. Now, everyone knows I am not a James Harden guy, but I'm also not a uh, Joel Embiid guy. And it comes to a point in, so how the press works is they give passes to people they like. And people like Joel Embiid, they give him the pass, they think he's funny, and Let's face it, anyone that's going to go on the platform after your team loses to the Atlanta Hawks last year in the playoffs and blow another 3-1 lead and not take accountability, but you throw Ben Simmons under the bus, a culture of create, creating of passing blame on a public forum is created. That should have been hammered right away. Doc needed to take him aside and said, hey, we don't do that here. Veteran leadership, Den- Denny Green, needed to do that. Pull him aside, hey, we don't do that here. That didn't happen, and we saw it earlier this week when the 76ers lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. He went on the platform, and he said, hey, well, you know, Giannis was out there. I should have been out there. Should have changed the sub patterns. Because usually what happens is the star, the quote-unquote man, they sit out the end of the third, the beginning of the fourth, and close the fourth. Bud left Giannis in there, and that's when the Bucks made the run. He made an adjustment. And B, throw him under the bus on the public platform. Hey, if you want to have a meeting with the coach or it's in the locker room behind closed doors, that's fine. That's fine. Do that then. But not in a media session. That's immaturity. And I've said it from the get-go. The 76ers are not going to win a title with Joel Embiid being the one. They're just not going to do it. It is absolutely impossible with that guy being the face of the franchise that you're going to win a one. You're going to have to bring someone else in there. And... He, the way he plays, he's outside way too much. He's talking about winning the MVP. I don't care about that. Your goal should be winning ships. And at the end of the day, you know, they just, they they don't have the leadership and it starts with Embiid and it starts with Doc. So could the 76ers, um, like right now they're slated to play the Bulls, win a series against the Bulls? Yeah, of course they could. Bulls are struggling as the top tier teams. Of course they could. But in terms of winning a ship, they're not winning a ship this year. Uh, the next team, the Chicago Bulls, 
great cover for us. You know, if you follow me, you know, I give out free sporting bets every single day. Have it be on Instagram or YouTube, not YouTube, BTV or Twitter. We had the Bulls minus two and a half look glim, but they somehow got the cover in overtime. Thank you, Chicago Bulls. Uh, DeRozan's great, great year. Defensively, this team's a nightmare. Uh, there's no communications on the switch. Uh, Vush gets out on the pick and roll, pick and switch, and he's lost. There's no communication. Defensively, this team is really, really, really lacking. Um, do they have some pieces? Yeah, but at the end of the day, like you look at this roster, do you really think it's what it, what it, a championship roster? Like, don't get me wrong, DeRozan's been great this year, but can you win a championship with DeRozan? Think of what he's done in the playoffs. Can you win a championship with DeRozan? I think the answer is no. I actually, I know the answer is no. Um, and plus, like, look at this year, how they fared against the top teams. They have struggled this year against the top teams. So I don't think I have zero faith in the Bulls this year. Uh, I really think that they're going to maybe compete, maybe maybe lose like 4-2 in the first round. But again, I said at the beginning of the year, I think they're a playoff team. But I don't think that they can win a series. Next team, we got the Raptors. And I'll tell you what. Pascal Siako is having one of the best seasons that nobody is freaking talking about. Nobody is talking about what Siakam is doing and he's been playing great. Scotty Barnes can play multiple positions. You got Van Vliet, who's their best player, but he understands when to, when to force it, when to uh, take a step back and let the other guys do their thing. Gary Trent Jr. Can shoot lights out. And then you also got OG on the wing. So, I mean, they're a tough team. And the thing about Toronto that I really think no one is realizing is they have this thing where if you're not vaxxed, you can't play there. And the only two teams that have said they aren't vaxxed are, are, are excuse me, are fully vaxxed are the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. They have said, hey, we're fully vaxxed. Everyone can play. Celtics, last time the Celtics played, Tatum, Brown, they didn't play. They didn't play in Toronto. Tatum says he's he's vaxxed. Maybe Brown isn't. I don't know. And the 76ers, the way the 76ers answered their question made it seem it was a vital part of their team. But we know Harden's vaxxed because Harden played in Brooklyn. So is Joel Embiid not vaxxed? I don't know. So it's pretty interesting to see, like, what happens when they play in Toronto and who can and can't play seven seed. Ah, man, I feel for this team. I I really feel for this team. The Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they're just in free fall season started out great. They're toward the top, but you know, just too many injuries injury to Allen has just killed them. Sexton um, Rubio. They're just dropping like flies. And we see like, when you have a young team like this, we see the step that the Memphis Grizzlies have made being, in the playoffs last year and winning a game in a series mentally, because playoff basketball is just so completely different than just series ball. No, no, than regular season ball, because you face the same team over and over and over again. And those teams make you switch up how you play. They make you go to your 30 and fourth move. So that's why I really feel bad for Cleveland missing out because those guys Mobley, Garland, Sexton, who's hurt, um, Allen, going into the playoff basketball, being forced to make that next move and then missing out on it is really going to hurt 
this team and the step forward they can take. Brooklyn, let's face it. Anytime you're out there with KD, you have a chance. But has anyone been really impressed with them? Has everyone kind of looked back and said, oh, God damn, dude, you know, they're playing pretty good. Not me. <laughs> like, I'll be honest, not me at all. Um, could I, Look, they're dangerous because they have Durant. Let's let's let let's face it. They have Durant. They have size with Drummond. They have Kyrie, who's great. But I just I just feel like there's something lacking. If they had Simmons, that would definitely help with the interior defense. They're allowing a lot of threes. Uh, and Kyrie, there's shape, and then there's basketball shape, and we're seeing it. Kyrie's not in basketball shape. He is not in basketball shape at all, at all. And it showed him when they played that back to back. He just looked sluggish. When they played Miami, then they had to play the Hornets. So, yeah, I I don't think Brooklyn can win at all. I'll say it right now. I think they're too far behind the eight ball. I think they're going to have to go into the play-in tournament. And then they're going to have a tough little road. Next team, the Hornets and the Hawks are basically tied at 40 and 37. Um, actually, the Nets are too. I look at it like this. The, the Hawks, huge injuries. You know, Hunter, Bogey, Capella, all those guys, all key pieces have been hurt. But you have Trey Young, who can go off at any time. And this team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And what everyone thought was going to make it to the finals when Giannis went down. But this team is battle-tested. And when you have a player like Trey Young, who has the ability to be the best player on the court in a four-game series, in a, in a one-game set, excuse me, that's dangerous. Hornets... I just don't trust LaMelo Ball. I'll say it. I don't think you can win in the NBA with LaMelo Ball. Is he great? Yeah. Is he is he fun to watch? Yeah. Is he going to bring kids in the game? Yeah. But this kid has never won at any single level. Just think of that for a second. This player has never won at any single level. Any level. High school. AAU. When he played in his dad's bonus league. This kid just wasn't winning. He wasn't winning at all. And now you're telling me this is going to be your the guy that's going to transcend your franchise? No, that's not it. Um, I think the Hawks, yeah, I'm looking at this right here. If I had to, if I had to pick two teams, I think it's going to be the Nets and the Hawks. They're going to probably net seven, Hawks eight. That would be my guess right now. That would be my prediction. Now let's shift our attention all the way down to the Western Conference. We have the Phoenix Suns, um, they're tied to the loose. I mean, obviously, honestly, unless something happens like it did last year with the injury bug, I don't see this team losing. I don't see this team losing at all in the series. You got Paul, Booker, Aton, uh, Cam Johnson, Bridges, Crowder. This team is tough. And unless one of them goes down with an injury, I don't see them losing at all. Uh, yet the Grizzlies, the aforementioned Grizzlies, who look great, uh, 54 and 23, cement, they're pretty in my, they're cemented on the two seed right now. It, um, they need Morant healthy. And I want to see that. Yeah. I mean, I want to see it. I really want to see what they're going to be able to do. Are they going to be able to make this deep run? And we need to remember that Josh Jackson, the kid from Michigan State, this kid is so young. Next year is when he's really going to mature. So next year, that's where we're going to see Morant and Jackson take this another step. And I'm just really excited about this team. I really hope that 
Morant could stay healthy because he has missed, I believe, like 22 games this year. And I just want to see this team stay healthy and make a deep playoff run. And them against the Suns in the in the the Western Conference Final would be great. Mavericks, Mavericks are playing great. And the thing about the Mavericks is this year they're playing some elite level defense. Getting Dimwitty there has been able to create less stress on Luca, and that's that's been great for him. And the the defense not allowing the threes, they they're great. Uh, they're going to be another tough out. But again, looking, I just don't think they have the size inside to battle Aiton if they what if they come up against the Suns uh, in the fi- in the Western Conference Finals. How seating is right now? I could easily see them though with the level of the defense they play on the wing though beating the Grizzlies in a series. Warriors are in free fall. Warriors are currently sitting on fourth. They're in fucking free fall. Steph is out. Clay is obviously coming back from two major leg injuries, so it's really hard to trust what you're going to get from clay thompson and usually when people talk trash to draymond green it was draymond green that wouldn't let him they wouldn't it wouldn't phase him did anyone else see at the end of the suns game how draymond green went all the way down to the to the sun side when the, the players were exiting and got into crowder's face and started calling him a buckhead dude that has not happened for a while. Whatever Crowder said got in Green's head. And yeah, this is some the Warriors. Yeah, Warriors need Curry back. Curry back ASAP. Because they're they're in free fall and they could be in position for an early exit more than people thought. Jazz, another team that is in the free fall. And it wouldn't really surprise me if we see Mitchell or Gobert, probably Mitchell, on his way out next year. Six. Hey, guys, let's give credit where credit is due. There is no other team in the NBA that could lose play their second-best player and their third-best player and be in the sixth seed. I mean, this just shows how good Joker is and how good Malone is at coaching right now. You're basically rolling Joker out there with four dudes right now. Four dudes, you could call it fine. Jordan, sorry, Joker and Aaron Gordon and three dudes. That's basically what they're doing, rolling out right there. 46 and 31, basically tied right now for the fifth spot. Props to them. Minnesota, again, Minnesota is kind of in the same position that the Grizzlies were in last year. They really need to get in the in a playoff series and get some wins. They've been playing great. Towns has been shooting lights out. Edwards, great. D'Angelo finally piecing it together. Um, Clippers, Clippers got Paul back. Uh, and with what they are able to do with Paul, it's going to take pressure off Jackson. Of course, he's going to be on a minute res- restriction, and that's what kind of hurt them last night. So they're definitely going to be somebody. I think they're going to come out of for this play-in tournament for sure. Then you got the Pellies, and Jesus Christ, I am I am sweating out my Pelicans season under total way more than I fucking should be right now. Um, trading for CJ totally got this position um, organization going in the right direction. Um, excuse me, jeez. Um, totally, excuse me, totally got the Pelicans going in the right direction. Ingram's playing great when he gets healthy. They're still missing Zion. Um, props to Willie Green. This this team is dead in the water, and they've been playing great. But at the end of the day, I just don't think they have enough pieces and enough defensive energy to make it out of the playing tournament. And the tenth seed, the Spurs, man. 
Pop somehow getting his boys here. I mean, granted, they're 14 games below 500. They don't really deserve to be there, but Pop's getting his boys there. And then sitting in the 11, it's kind of funny. Like when you remember everyone saying, oh, Lakers, Nets, final. Both those teams are in the playing tournament right now. Just think about that. The two teams that were the top two betting favorites to make the NBA finals are in the playing tournament. One of them is not even in the playing tournament. So that just goes back to my point. Don't always rush to bet that shot. Lakers, I mean, yeah, Westbrook trade didn't work out. And the thing is, is I it, it didn't work out and they need to, you can't say, well, they shouldn't have made this trade. Well, because they did. And you can't go back in time and you need to be thinking forward. You have two years in the LeBron window left. Two years, maybe three. What are you going to do to overturn that roster? What moves are you going to make to overturn that roster and get everything going in the right direction? And my, my suggestion for that is a, you trade AD. I know I said it, you trade AD where do you trade AD to? You look at the teams, you need to get a lot of young assets back and one kind of like fringe superstar. I mean, obviously Phoenix Suns would be great, but I really don't see a situation where the Lakers will trade him in the Western Conference. So that means they're going to obviously trade him to the East. East. Look at these teams in the East. You know what team to me makes perfect sense in the East? The Atlanta Hawks. You trade him to the Atlanta Hawks. You send um, Bogey. You send Collins and Capella. I think that's worth it. You got a big and Capella. You got the center. You got the, the size down low that you need. You got Collins, kind of that stretch four. And then you got Bogey, who's a lockdown defender. I think that'd be great. Then you trade to the Knicks. You trade to the Knicks. You trade um, Westbrook. You get Fournier. And let's go Derek Rose. Uh, I wouldn't go with Randall just because if you're going to get Collins in the other trade – that would kind of go against it. So, I mean, I, th- I think right there, the Lakers would be in a position and then to be a better team and to get in the playoffs and be in a better position to win it all. Granted, they wouldn't have the quote unquote stars, but I like it what they have. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my take on the NBA. We have an unbelievable show for you today. We have my boy Gino. Gino is going to be coming on and we're going to be talking WrestleMania. And then after that, my girl shy is going to be coming on. She's going to be talking women's final four. David is going to be on and we're going to shift our attention to the men's final four. And then Brandon's going to finish us off. And we're going to be talking a little NASCAR and telling you the bets to lock in for the weekend. So let's jump right into it. It is WrestleMania weekend, and who else to come on and talk about the big card down in Dallas? Isn't that where you're going to be, too? It's funny. I'm going to be in Dallas. I'm not even going to be at WrestleMania. I'm going to a bachelor party uh, with one of my good friends. He's actually a wrestling fan, but they planned this a, a while, you know, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I don't think he'd realize this was WrestleMania weekend, which is funny. So we're not going to any of the events, but I think I'm going to try to get because besides WrestleMania, there's the NXT show on Saturday morning, and then there's a bunch of the independent uh, promotions. They all have, like, big events all throughout the week. There's shows, like, on Thursday, like, tonight, and then Friday night that start at, like, midnight local time. 
and they go to like three, four in the morning. Then they have shows that start early in the morning. Everybody just tries to capitalize on all the wrestling fans that are in town. And, you know, it, it turns into this crazy week. So I'm going to get out to at least one or two shows probably that, after I've, I've had a few too many. That should be fun. That would, what would be awesome is if you're at a bar wherever in Dallas and you run into like just a random. A wrestler. I like, was, I, I was like almost daydreaming about this. Yeah. Right. Like, but not like one of the like the top, top, top people, but, but like an Austin Theory, like right? someone like that. Yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. just that's you're, you just like come across uh, Ricochet. Yeah, you know, someone who's and I'm like, like, "Oh, cool, let's have a beer." You know, yeah, like, like that, would just like be, that would be cool. That I got all cool. my shirts. I got all my wrestling shirts ready to take with me too. So, and that's the thing. That's what's nice about the the bachelor party we're going to. There, we don't have any like fancy dinner or any plans for anything. We're just gonna go out uh, Saturday, watch the basketball, the college basketball games at the bar, and then just you know hang out and go to a lot of places around. So I'm sure I'll get a chance. I'll have the my iPad and phone stuff. I'll be watching a lot. So I'll, I'll do my best to make my way over. <laughs> so um, looking at this card, you know, it's a two day card and um, I'm not going to lie. Like it just seems to me like for it being a two day card, they're not focusing on as many stories as they can. Yeah. They're it's if they put together one actual card of the best matches, it would be really strong. But it's one of these things where they just kind of are throwing a lot of things out. There are a lot of matches that don't feel like they're WrestleMania caliber matches. The top, top ones, I think, are all pretty well built, and they should be pretty good. Brock Roman, both of women's matches, I think, should be really good. Uh, we're, we're expecting Seth to probably be facing Cody. That's like the surprise that everyone's assuming Cody Rhodes. And KO Austin stuff, that should be fun. Edge AJ. So if you took all of those... And put them on one card, it would be good. It'd be a stellar card. But then you have a lot of other stuff that feels like it's kind of filler, or it's like, oh, hey, let's get everybody on the card. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So well, us being gamblers, you can gamble always got to get now. some action. So gotta. I'm gonna pull up our friends at Bet Online. Gonna okay. pull up their odds now. And the first one we are going to be going at is we are going to be going with Happy Corbin. And Drew McIntyre. This is one of the safer bets of the weekend. You know, Drew McIntyre, this this feud with these guys, with Happy Corbin and uh, Mad Cat Moss have been going on for months. They actually injured Drew in in real life. And they weren't sure if Drew was going to make it back for the Rumble. They weren't sure if he was going to even be able to wrestle again because it was some, some serious stuff. So this has been going on for six months. Honestly, these guys feuding and it's a little bit of a bummer for Drew McIntyre, who is more of a top tier guy, just like a year in in the last two years. So, I mean, this is a match to get him on the card, get him a win. I actually like Corbin a little bit, but I don't like this current character that he's got. I mean, I wouldn't be this wouldn't be one I'd be jumping into bet, but this is probably one of your safer results of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, looking at the line right now, we got Corbin at plus 500 McIntyre's at minus 1000. I'm shocked it's not minus 3000, to be honest. Yeah, unfortunately, I, though, like bet online. I mean, they limit this stuff to like, I mean, you very can't bet, here, yeah, so not, you ain't bet. It's definitely tiny, not worth it. It's definitely not worth it. Yeah. Now, this is my fear because a report came out that Shane McMahon yep. is in town. Yep. And Seth Rollins is plus 275. 
mystery opponent is minus 450. Everyone and their aunt thinks it's going to be Cody. Is it there any chance here comes the money comes blaring out and Shane starts to step into the ring? Okay, so here's what is would be a little bit worrisome about betting this. I think that will happen or Shane or somebody else comes out first and then Cody comes out. Okay. I think they will have someone come out and the crowd will start to kind of boo or go a little bit crazy, get a little bit frustrated and start to chant Cody. And then if it's a squash match or whatever it is, Cody ends up coming out. So that would be scary if what if someone comes out, Seth Rollins beats him in two seconds and he says, that's all you got. That's really who it was. And then boom, Cody comes out. Would that be the actual opponent if it was the second person? That's yeah, where they can get tricky. And that's where you have to watch these like you have to read the rules of grading sports. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I do think if it were me, I would, that would be great. I think they should have Shane O'Mac come out. Here comes the money. The crowd will boo. He comes in. Rollins beats him in like two seconds, real quick, real. And then Cody Rhodes comes out and they have a match. I, that would be great. If I, if they did that. Now, my other question is this, what version of Cody are we going to see? I mean, cause personally for me, and I, you know, you, how I think of business, I think they have to present him as close to the AEW Cody yep. as they possibly can. Totally agree. He can't be presented like he was before when he was in WWE. I think what's nice about the the way he comes out at WrestleMania is he doesn't really have to do or say much right off the bat. He can just come out, get the pop, have the match, and then on Raw, he can you know come out and cut his promo. So what's cool about the way they're actually setting this up is he could be the baby face in this situation, the good guy for this match. And then immediately he could come out and cut a promo and be more of a, more of a heel, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit more of a, like, Hey, I left, I came back and kind of at least present carry himself like a cocky, confident guy wearing a suit. I'm doing some stuff behind the scenes too. Maybe I'm, I'm working with triple H Vince brought me in triple H isn't around as much. So I'm going to help out backstage like my dad did, you know, kind of yeah. name drop. Like just kind of make you go like, Oh God, I want to see this guy get punched, but they got to present him like a big deal. I think that's the best way to go. You let him play baby face for a night, yeah. get the cheers. And then he can come in after yeah. he got the big cheer and you could turn him and yeah. and make him sort of a heel. Um, The next one. Now in, in my eyes, when I was looking at the betting lines, I think this has value. It's Logan Paul and the Miz versus the Mysterios. Both basically a pick on minus one twenty. Um, where's your head with this one? Oh, this is I. I would be shocked if if Logan and the Miz win this match. I'm yeah. surprised this is this close. I I think that the Mysterios are a good are a great play at this number right now. This is a babyface type team that could get a really good pop at the end. They've already done the thing with the mask where they were stealing the masks. Logan and the Miz. The Miz, I love. The Miz is one of my favorite of all time and my one of my current favorites. And I, I talked with The Miz. I had an interview with him when I was on TVG. And he's cool as hell. Logan is a great wrestling heel. He's a, he fits in this world. Like the stuff that him and his brother do is pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. The way that they promote their fights and their events. So I think it's a perfect spot for them to come out, get their butts kicked. Now, my only concern would be if they want to do something like have Dominic turn on his dad. Cause that's get, been the rumor for a while. Yes. And they've teased that a few times, but then they've gone back the other way. And 
that would make Dominic a lot more interesting. They could put a mask on him. He could just kind of act a little bit more badass. But I don't know if WWE would even care about giving Miz and Logan the win here. So this would be of the the of the matches we've looked at so far, this would be by far the most interesting if I wanted to play the Mysterios. This is the one where I feel like we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the next one, we have Sheamus and Rich. Holland versus The New Day. Sheamus and Holland are minus 200. The New Day are plus 150. Now, I might bet this one on The New Day also, the reason being... Think about, okay, so Sheamus and Ridge Holland have been recently paired together. Ridge Holland is the guy that unfortunately broke Biggie's neck when they were in that match on SmackDown. It, it, one of the, it's one of those unfortunate things. It was a move that they do over and over again. It was just a bad throw and, and, you know, Biggie went down. So we've seen Biggie and I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Andrew Champagne. He mentioned this on my show when we talked about WrestleMania, we've seen Biggie posting videos that he's doing okay yeah as good as you could be doing in that situation right Mm -hmm. he's already rehabbing he's able to walk around and move around i think this would be i think the whole reason why they just added this match they 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 just added it a few days ago i think the reason why and is because big e can walk out there i think they could have big e come out and get a big cheer and at the end of the match or in the middle of the match and so i think new day gets the win or New Day gets a win and then Big E comes out and celebrates with them because the crowd would really like to see Big E. Him coming out there, even just for a little wave, would be really cool. So this would be another one where I wouldn't – shout out to Andrew, and that way if this loses, we can blame Andrew. We can just we can just throw Andrew under the it's bus. A, sorry, Andrew, man. You led me this way. But I liked his reasoning. I thought that was – he said, hey, Big E can walk around. How cool would it be if he walked out there and waved or whatever and the crowd loved it? I, that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense when you think about it like that. Um, off topic, did the WWE drop the ball with Big E's? Yeah, title? man, they did because how cool was it? Big E was at the Iowa game doing stuff. Big E was becoming a little bit of a crossover star. He's a really likable guy. They have a, and this is more than a problem with Big E. They have a problem with a lot of the baby faces. When the good guys win the title, they don't know what to do with them. They yeah. can build up the chase, but then the moment they win, they don't know what to do, and they make all the baby faces and the good guys come off stupid, like dumb. They get distracted. They lose and get rolled up. The heels are the ones that come off cool. Yeah. They come off badass. They don't know what to do with baby faces. As soon as they've got to the mountain and gotten over the mountain, they just there's no there's they don't know what to do with it. It's them. happened all the way back to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. When he won, it was like, oh, he wins. We'll give him Kane. And in like a really non-match like match that people don't really care a whole lot about. So they got to figure out what to do with the good guys. Um, Next match, RK Bros, Street Profits. And, oh, no, sorry. I forgot about this. Uh, they're Stone ending Cold. the night with uh, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. Will... Stone Cold Stun Kevin Owens is minus one, minus 800. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, yeah. There is no doubt in my mind Stone Cold is stunning him, drinking some Steve Weisers, cheers in, and we're, uh, we're going to hear that music play on the way out. That's what they're doing. And from everything that I've read and heard, this is going to be more than the time than what we've seen Austin do in the last 20 years. It's not going to be just like one of those he comes out, 
he talks, he cuts a little promo and he does the what, what, you know, and then he yeah. drinks some beer. He's supposed to be getting physical here. I think this is going to be like five to 10 minutes of these guys in almost like a match. I just think he doesn't want to say match because he feels really good about where he went out. The last time he wrestled, it was against the rock. It was in the perfect way to go out. You lose yeah. against your rival at WrestleMania. And he's one of a few guys that's never come back and had one of those matches. He's yep. never taken the big payday in Saudi Arabia. He's never come back and been a little old or overweight. And I heard that he's in fantastic shape. Yeah, that's that's the rumor going around. He's in yeah. good shape. So. so this should be fun, man. When that music hits, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be like, I mean, because this is going on right during the final four, man. This is yeah. going to be like, oh like so hard. Like this is going to be like side screen. Boom. Yep. You know, like, um, so, and I guess like why they're not opening up the show. And it's weird that the KO show is closing it is because they don't want people just to tune out after it happens. Or you get so pumped for Austin that everything sort of else feels like a downer. Yeah. And, and you wonder if you're going to come back up. It's especially that and the way they positioned it, that really makes me think that he's going to be doing a lot of physicality. Yeah. Because if it was just the talking segment and the one stunner, they could do that in the middle of the show. People mm-hmm. would get excited, but people are going to get really pumped. And there are even rumors that he's in such great shape that if he goes out there and looks good, it might lead him to thinking about doing a little bit more and maybe taking one of those Saudi Arabia matches or maybe having a SummerSlam match. You know, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar both mentioned him on Raw. And you I mean, wonder if that was by accident or just as like a, you know, cause he's on, he's coming, but that guy still would sell tickets right now. He still has it. And the thing yeah. is, is like, how can I word this? Like, it's just really like dull right now. And it they is. need, they no, need, they need like, like a that. shot in the arm. Yep. Something like that. They don't have any big stars besides Roman. Yeah. And, you know, everyone else is just kind of, there they're good wrestlers or they're but they're not top tier mainstream stars and austin would just it would jolt it just elevate sure. everything it would it elevate would. everything for sure um next one we are going to rk bros street profits at alpha academy um rk bro minus 150 street profits plus 150 Alpha Academy plus 400. Is this when we finally see um, turn. the turn by uh, what's it by uh, Randy? Randy and yeah. see, I, we've been thinking that for a while. It looks like Randy's having fun, man. He, him and Riddle, they look like they're buddies. They laugh out yeah. there. They're talking about smoking and making the joke, the cracks all the time. I, <laughs> I wonder, I don't think Alpha Academy wins. I think it's either Street Profits or Orton and Riddle retain and keep going for a little while. Actually, um, I, I want to just give a shout out to Chad Gable and uh, Alpha yeah. Academy. They've been doing some really good work as of late. This dude is funny. He can go in the ring. We've always known that. He with uh, with um, you know when he used to be in the in the with uh, Jason Jordan and they were yeah. they were awesome as a tag team when they came up through NXT. And he he always had it with the uh, the ready, willing, and Gable. He sat some funny stuff, and they've been giving him an opportunity, and he's been he's been running with it. So I'm glad that he gets a WrestleMania match. And Montez Ford and the Street Profits. The Rock said the other day, this guy's a future world champion. Yeah, I mean he is. It, he's got the charisma, he's got the energy, 
he can go in the ring and he just feels like we're talking about baby faces. He's one of the people that one of the wrestlers that people actually really want to get behind and root for. So that's interesting. They've been kind of going a little intense, almost like they got a heel turn coming up. But if I had to, I'd still lean RK bro here. I think that they, they keep going with them for a little while because the crowd's still really into them. Maybe they push back their, uh, their inevitable breakup for, you know, SummerSlam or later on. Now, the next match. Now, this is the match I feel they've done the best as the old school, like when you and I were kids. Absolutely. The long-term build. Yep. Uh, Bianca Blair and Becky Lynch. Yep. Um, I feel this match has been great, and I feel like they have something to do with Lynch's character where we've seen this, like, build up where she's all that now we just see her self-destructing mm-hmm. and it's just going to add like another layer, layer yep to everything she can do in the ring um i mean she's plus 300 bianca's minus 500 i mean this i mean if they don't give blair the chance it's gotta here, be bianca they have to be. they built be. this for her they've they set this up in SummerSlam when they had bianca lose quickly to becky and since then Bianca's had a couple opportunities, but Becky's kind of weaseled her way out every time. And Bianca had to work her way back up from the bottom to earn the opportunity. Again, like you said, it's perfect. It's old school. It's like almost a year long story that they've, they've told. And it makes perfect sense for Bianca to win because I think in the grand scheme of things, what they want from Becky is I think next year they want Becky to be a baby face beating Ronda Rousey. And I think what you, I think the best way to do this is you have Becky lose the title and then Becky can either go off and for a a month and come back. Or like you said, she's, she's this new, like breaking character, right? She's like losing it because she's lost the title. Her hair's all different. She got her, you know, she's like becoming a maniac and then she turns around and becomes the good, the good guy again. Yeah. yeah. That's what everybody wants to see. They want to see her beat Rhonda and, so I think they did a good job splitting these two women's feuds up because they both seem like big matches. Mm-hmm. And Becky and Ronda is probably the biggest match down the line, but they they would be best as a people don't want to cheer Ronda against Becky. People no. like Becky a lot more. Yeah. And if the crowd is stupid, if you put those two against each other right now, they would cheer Becky. They exactly. wouldn't have cheered Ronda at least by putting Ronda with Charlotte, they're going to cheer Ronda there. And over here, they'll cheer Bianca, and you get Bianca to win. And and like that's it's simple. Don't get too cute. Have Bianca there, and maybe it's Bianca celebrating with Montez Ford, who's her husband. Um, mm-hmm. And they maybe Montez and the Street Profits win the tag titles, and Bianca wins, and they're celebrating together, having a cool WrestleMania moment at the end. I just feel like on the women's side, there's a plan. And like yep. everything I've heard from back in the day was everything was dramatically planned out well in advance. And doesn't I feel, feel like, that way on the men's a lot no, of the time, I feel right? Like it's everything. They just throw stuff and whatever happens, happens. But the women's stuff they do, they've got it yeah. mapped out really well. And at the top of the card, they, they really do this year. Those there's two women's title matches that feel like they're the two of the three biggest matches on the card, you know? And they've done a good job with this match. This is one of my favorite matches in the build. And, It'll be good in ring, and Bianca just should get a good, clean win. Nothing goofy about it. Yeah. Um, next match, the Usos against Shinsei and Ricky. Ricky Boogs. His Ricky. name is Rick Boogs, and he loves to rock. I um I like the pairing of them. 
I I think that if the Usos lose, I'm going to think that Roman Reigns might lose. Okay. Because I think that they'll all end up with the titles, the Usos and Roman at the end, or that they'll all lose the titles. I feel now, like it's one of the two. I, I'll say this. Like, I've really felt that looking at the big scheme of thing when Roman's here now, I really was invested in his feud that he had at the beginning. What was it with Jimmy or I love that man. I thought that was great. Me and too. I thought I wanted more a, from that. Yeah. They had a situation where they could have had it where there was a turn. You know what I mean? I yep, think and like it, and they played it safe. They dropped the ball on that. They did. And I that agree. Those... Elevated it was Jimmy, right? Main event, Jimmy, main yeah. event, Jay, and Jay. Because yeah. it was Jay was kind of facing him, and then Jimmy came back after yeah. he was hurt. And there was that moment there where you could have had them against each other, but you, you yeah. lined them back up together. And it's They're, been good for Roman, and it's been interesting and everything. But for them, for the Usos, it just it feels they, like they they've got they right back. The yeah, they, they, they dropped the ball. They that was the hottest them. and the biggest moment for them that they've were ever over, and the crowd was invested in them. Um, I mean, here, I mean, like you said, you think Usos are going to walk out, right? Yeah, I, I'd say Usos. Now we got into the women's match you mentioned before. I mean, there, I mean, there's no way Ronda's losing this. No way. No way. I mean, she's minus 800, Flair's plus 420. You bring her back. Charlotte can lose and, and look strong. They'll have a really good match. Um, mm-hmm. Charlotte been doing a great job. Ronda, she's just got to be a heel. You know, like yeah. it works because people will boo Charlotte. But she doesn't cut good babyface promos. She comes yeah. out there and she stumbles over her words. She, I think, she worries really a lot about what she's supposed to say. And when she's a heel, she could just come out and say like, "I'm going to kick your ass." But I mean, like, I feel like when you have someone like that, you need to have a mouthpiece. You, and yeah, I felt, Paul I felt Heyman like they or someone. The ball, I know. Like just it, not having somebody be her mouthpiece. Yeah. I mean. Because uh, she yeah, acts think- like the way that she acts too sometimes on social media and just sort of she sort of acts like she's she likes wrestling and, and she's a fan and she respects it she works hard I'm not saying that she doesn't do the work but she does have this like how do the fans boo me she sometimes yeah. she she's a little bit out of touch with like she just thinks that she's gonna walk in and, and everyone's gonna like worship the ground right. she walks on so that could have when she's a heel, that's like that plays the best there. Yeah. I think she wins, and then next year at WrestleMania, we've got Ronda Rousey turned heel against Becky Lynch as the babyface Becky going for that title against Ronda. I mean, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, now we got the women's match, and I'm going to say this. You know, I did give the WWE praise for their work with uh, the women and everything. I feel though that Sasha Banks gets pushed to the side a lot. She does. And she's like in terms as good of, star yeah, power yeah. right up Everybody, there with all of them. Yeah. Becky, yeah. Charlotte, she she belongs in that conversation. Hell, she's been crossing over too. She's doing movie stuff. She was in The Mandalorian um last year and and she's been getting in more and more um in the mainstream. So, this is one and I I agree. Um she she always needs to be in that conversation more. She's had a few injuries here and there, but she's fantastic. She can do it all. Babyface heel. This is one of my sleeper matches of the night or of the weekend. And just, I think this will be a good match, 
because like you said, Sasha's awesome. Naomi's really good. She can go. Rhea Ripley is really, really good. And I like the, the Rhea and Liv pairing. It sort of feels like natural. You're like, oh, yeah. these two girls would be hanging out. It just kind of makes sense a little bit more than some of their other pairings that they had. And then you've got Shayna and Natty, who Shayna's a badass. And Natty, they're actually real-life friends who train together. So I bet they'll probably have a pretty good chemistry and a pretty good dynamic. They worked on a lot of submissions and stuff. And and then Zelina and Carmella, you got you know the two heels. I think there's no way they win. I would, I would play Naomi and Sasha or Liv and Rhea. Either one of them, I think, would be you know logical if you're looking at it. Leah and uh, Liv and Rhea. The more and more I've seen them, it seems like the crowd's getting behind them too. So I might lean that way. If this match gets ten plus minutes, they're gonna go out there and they're gonna all talk, tell each other, let's steal the show. And yep. they're going to be going fast and quick and in and out. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. Now, Bailey and Asuka have been MIA for a while. Yep. Do you think it's possible that these two show up as a mystery team? Together? That would be really cool if they did. That would be awesome if they showed up together. Um, another person who's been out for a while that, that got some rumors here and there was Paige. That yep. apparently is getting more and more healthy. If she ever were to show up somewhere, people would absolutely love it. Um yeah, that would be cool. And recently, Trish Stratus has been doing some of the house shows for WWE, and she was out there and she was talking a lot of trash to Bailey, which was funny. So there were Bailey sort of been in the news and, and been talked about recently. She could be popping up anytime and Oscar if they're healthy. Because we forget, like when everything was locked down and they were just taping shows, it was basically Sasha and Bailey that were carrying the whole package for the they were so entertaining and yeah. and oscar was really good at that point too she would jump up on the table yeah. and she would do the commentary and they were looking at her like what and so th- that was when bailey and sasha were so entertaining as heels together as that team and i, I miss i miss them the man the wwe women's division is so stacked oh it's, it's so strong i like, think of think about the deep. those four the two main event women's matches with ronda charlotte and Bianca and Becky. And then you got this match right here with eight feet women that are awesome. And then the other two that we just talked about, that's, that's an incredible group. Yeah. That doesn't even mention all, all the great ones in NXT. And uh, yeah, they, they're loaded. They've done a really good job uh, with the women. Now, the next match that is listed is obviously the match is going to close Sunday night. Um, Roman reigns minus three fifty. Brock plus 225. I mean, are we going to get just Roman, just more Roman Reigns or what, what's going on? So the one thing that's weird about this is that, you know, they're, they're fighting for both belts and I could see the way they've been building Brock. They like Brock. He feels like one of the few people that could actually win against Roman and it would make sense, but I don't, I don't know if Brock is going to be around after. And what makes it hard for me just picking this match is, are they going to have one champ for both their TV shows? If they do, that would probably be Roman Reigns. If they just want one person to be on Raw and SmackDown for the next month or for a little while with both of those titles, I could see that being Roman more than being Brock. Now, I could also see them having Brock win and then, you know the next night they decide or Brock or either of the guys winning. And the next night them deciding we want a new title for raw and they end up having a tournament or, 
you know, making a series of matches to have the new champ on Raw. Maybe they have Roman or Brock defend both of them and lose one or win one. And if I had a gun to my head pick, I would pick Roman, but I wouldn't bet on it. I, I don't think I would bet on that one at that number. I, I just feel like he's the guy. If if you beat Roman, I'd rather have it be someone that's like up and coming or like a younger, newer star. Hell, like if Big E comes back and is healthy, how cool would the crowd be with a yeah, Big E coming back yeah, from like huge. a massive injury like that? Crowd wanting to see him. Someone like that, like that's, you know, a, a real baby face that everyone gets behind. Brock doesn't need this. Yeah. He, you know? I mean... I look at it like two ways. A, this kind of reminds me of what was it, 10 years ago when we had all these Randy Orton and John Cena matches. Yeah. And like you just kind of get sick of it because it's like so repetitive. But on the flip side, Roman's been champ for 600 days now. Yeah. It's at the point you like look in the room. We need like, we if need. If it's to- not him, who else? Yeah. And you mentioned Big E. I mean, that makes sense. Or but that's like, that's. That's projecting a year away or years away from a guy with a neck injury who even knows, right? That's, that's what I mean. There's, there's nobody on the roster that you look around and you go, Oh, naturally that's the guy. I mean, and even the guy in NXT breaker, Bron breaker, he's, he's a ways away. He's uh, two years probably away. He's just, he's just too green right now. You know? So you just look, if it not, it's got to be Brock or who else? So I mean, that's yep. my thing. They that's need to your, no, something. I agree. Because if it's not Brock, Roman holds that belt till when? Yeah, I mean, who, it's... who who's the one that legitimately beats him? A few months ago, Rollins they started to build back up, but then Rollins now they had Brock squash him. And they had Rollins not, you know, he's kind of doing this whole. I just need a match on WrestleMania. He doesn't yeah. feel as big as he did after that Royal Rumble match. This is it's interesting, and the dynamic is. I'm glad at least the dynamics flipped. Like Brock's been doing a good job as a babyface. He's been really entertaining. He's been funny. Like I didn't know he had this in him, this side of him, these chops. So he's having a good time at least, but it does feel like I think it would be Roman if I had to, but I completely understand what you're saying. Cause if it's not Brock Lesnar right now, there is nobody else on that roster that makes even close to sense at beating Roman reigns in the next year. Um, next match, Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> Sammy Zane. and it kind of, I, it's sports entertainment. I get that. You know, I understand it, but we have Johnny Knoxville on WrestleMania. I know. Um, minus three fifty, Sammy Zayn plus 200. It's, I mean, there's going to be shenanigans. There's going to be everything. I, I hope this is a, an actually a filmed match one of the cinematic matches. If they did that, that would be really funny. If they had Johnny and some of the jackass guys and they had pre-recorded them diving into trash cans and doing goofy stuff like that, I would get a kick out of it. If they just have stuff in the ring and it's anything close to a real match, I'm not going to be interested. Sammy's done a good job selling this. He's been a good little like weaselly heel. At least they took the icy title off of Sammy. So this wasn't for the belt. But then it bothers me that we have no IC title match or U.S. title match on the show. No Ricochet and no Finn Balor, who are guys who could have had like the best matches of the entire weekend. Neither one of them are even on the card. Exactly. And 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 we got a a Knoxville versus Sammy match. I mean, 
Sammy won't win this. This is one that they'll use in the this and the you know the Austin Theory Pat McAfee match and and you know the Austin match. They'll have one or a few of these where with Ronda where those will be the clips that are on ESPN and in the yeah. newspapers the next day. You know, um, you just mentioned McAfee, who I can't stand. I'm, Your boy. I'm Your boy, Patty. No, um, he's going against Austin Theory. Uh, but the McAfee is only a short 180. And Theory is a plus 140. Um, I look at it like this. Is it really good to have Austin Theory lose, lose. to McAfee? Yeah, and that's why I could see it going either way, right? I could see there being some shenanigans. I could see yeah. McAfee having someone else out there help him. Or um, something to do with Vince, who's been involved with Austin Theory, right? Vince smacks Austin Theory and that Pat pins him. You know, something yeah. like that I could see happening. Or I could also see in the flip side, I could see Austin Theory winning. And then after the match, Pat does a big spot and yeah. sort of gets the the crowd back and th- them cheering for him. I The one thing about McAfee is um, he cut a really good promo to set this up where he showed how he bought his own ring um, to train because he's always loved wrestling. And he, he wanted to be a wrestler right when he was coming out of college, he was doing stuff before he got drafted. He was doing like indie stuff, taking bumps. I'm sure that the teams who drafted him were like, what are you doing out there at these like low rent independent wrestling promotions? So it's cool how much he's invested. And the guy makes a ton of money on his, you know, podcast and on his, uh, you know, media stuff. He literally doesn't make any money doing this. He flies himself to all of the shows and pays for private jets to fly him out there. So he loves wrestling. I think he's going to be really well prepared. He's going to take it seriously. This will be one of those sleeper matches, I think, of the weekend where he's going to do some crazy stuff. But you're right. He shouldn't win. If if he wins, I'm hoping it's because there are Vince was involved and a couple other people because you don't want him just beating Austin Theory clean. Austin Theory is a future WWE champion. Yeah. You know, you don't want him some sort of like shenanigans. Keep him a little strong here. Yeah. You know. Um. Next one. AJ Styles Edge AJ minus two hundred Edge plus one fifty. I think they dropped the ball with the build of this. I, I think agree. I think this could have been built better, but yep. with these two guys in the ring, it's going to be good. Yeah. Once the bell rings, we'll forget, but. Two months ago, Edge was smacking his wife's butt in the ring, and they were like the old horny couple that you know they're joking about having sex and stuff. And and then immediately, Edge just is like this evil guy, and nothing really provoked him, nothing really pushed him over. And there were things that could have pushed him over in prior months. So I I guess it's better than just having like two baby faces in that match for respect. But I and the same thing with AJ. AJ was like kind of a dick for a while you know he was yeah. being like he was a heel he was snarky and now he just kind of became a baby face he didn't really do anything redeeming so i think they could have done a better job getting there but this is probably the match that most people are excited about i think all weekend as far as being like the show stealer give these guys 20 to 25 minutes not 45 because then it'll go too long and drag on a little bit too much but give them 20 25 minutes this will be awesome. I think the best way to go would be AJ because Edge doesn't really need it. Need and it, yeah. and then you could, with a win like this, you could push AJ right back up to the main event. You know, if you want AJ to be um, a challenger for someone like Roman Reigns, you know, 
this that would make sense if he wins this match he could become like your your number one contender could he be somebody that takes the belt off of Roman right or or like we're saying if maybe they have Roman only keep one of the belts and they decide to do to get another champion back on Raw if if yeah. they have a tournament or something like that AJ would be one of the the top choices for me as the guy to put the belt back on and and give him another run towards the top now the last match and you want to talk about something throwing together the very last minute yeah we got bobby lashley and Omos, omas 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 um he's a minus 170 lashley is plus 130 i'll say this when they gave lashley the title i was a little eh. i thought he had a pretty good run me too completely agree a few years ago lashley was always kind of someone who he looked good he looked like he should always be in a better spot than he was, but he wasn't very good at cutting promos and stuff. So it was hard for him to really connect. And then he left WWE. He went to TNA for a while. And uh, when he went over there, he linked up with MVP and that's an MVP in him over here came back together in the WWE. And that's what I think brought a lot out of him. He's, he's just a badass. He's got a, just an incredible physique. He's amazing in the ring with what he could do with his speed and with his strength. I agree with you. I thought he, when they put the belt on him, it felt right. It yeah, felt like, oh, this guy should be the champ. You know, he, he belongs here. And, and um, one thing with me is I have this knack of always running into people, like celebrity people. And I was at my sister's wedding in Cancun. And this was, oh my God, like nine, 10 years ago. And, you know, it was a family wedding. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's like me there with the fam. They're like, no one really brought anything small, intimate thing. You know, uh, there's maybe like 15, 20 people there. And I was there. I stayed up late, went to the bar, went to took a piss and everything. And son of a gun, Bobby Lashley effing walks into the bathroom. Nice. I mean, so it was a little awkward. You know, I didn't want to strike up a convo with them like in the pisser, but yeah. So like, yeah, he, I ended up like going up to him at the bar, talking to him for a little bit. He was a pretty cool dude. He seems I mean, like a cool dude. He was a, he was a cool dude. So uh, you know, I'll 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 give him that. He was a, he was a cool dude. I, I he could have just completely blew me off in Cancun, but he was a he was a cool dude. So um, yeah, it should be an interesting card. There's some matches I'm lo- really looking forward to, like like we mentioned, um, Edge AJ. I'm looking forward to the two women's title matches, um, how Stone Cold and Kevin Owens does and everything. Yep. And think about it. If that was all one night, like if we put all of that onto one night, that would be like, oh, damn, that would be like seven or eight really stacked things throughout the card. Yeah. And the, I guess the only positive, like the, the one thing that is positive about wrestling in this era is that even some of the things that don't feel like they were built up that well, the level of wrestling and like in-ring work is so much better now than it used to be. Like even these matches where we're like, ah, they didn't really do all that much to put it together. Like the new day and Ridge and Sheamus, like that'll be a good match. Yeah. Like those be. guys are all good in the ring. They're not bad at all. It will. It's just, we're not really, it doesn't feel invested. like a WrestleMania match. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a, they won't be like waste of our time in that we will be like, Oh, that was stupid. Why do we, yeah. but, it, but so in, in that sense, it, even the worst things will will still be watchable. You, so we look back at some of the old WrestleManias, man, and there are some matches and stuff that pop up there that were like, "I want Oof. twenty minutes of my life back." You know, yeah. <laughs> please, please. 
And I think like everyone remembers Steamboat and uh, Savage. Savage that yep. match. But hopefully, get some WrestleMania moments. Gino, you have a million things going on. Uh, Man, anytime. On. Anytime, buddy. Um, you need me, you never know. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on uh, on social media? Yeah, it's me, Gino B, on Twitter. That's the best place. I always post all the content that I have up up there. Lots of uh, live streams. This today, right now. So I'm going to have posted three podcasts today. Oh, um, wow. Which is crazy because I'm heading out of town this weekend. So I sort of, the way I was doing it, I was like, I didn't want to, I, I always hate, because if I go over five hours on a podcast, it won't like, it doesn't upload as well. And it's harder for some places, some of the platforms, they don't pick it up as well. So I had one that was like four hours and 50 minutes. And that was with you uh, talking NBA. Uh, we went for about an hour talking yeah. everything the last two weeks. And then we did a full Spider-Man No Way Home uh, deep dive recap. Then on the next uh, episode, it was all wrestling, a full okay. like two and a half hour match by match, everything going on with my friend, a couple of my buddies that that helped me on the wrestling show. Then we uh, we previewed the NXT pay-per-view. We previewed or we recapped AEW. And then the last show that I'm about to put up right now, it's all horse racing. Friday, oh, wow. Saturday. Santa Anita, Sam Houston, Saturday, Gulfstream Park, full card, Saturday, Oaklawn Park, Saturday, Santa Anita, Saturday, Sam Houston. Woo! Dude, and you got to get the bachelor party going, dude. I'm going. Tomorrow <laughs> morning, I'm flying on out, so I'm just about done, and then we'll be ready to rock this weekend, and uh, bottoms up. Well, thanks for stopping by, um, and we're going to be talking Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Yes, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, afternoon we'll NBA. have a little oh. NBA action. Yeah, yes, sir. Oh. So we'll uh, every every Tuesday and Sunday, and we'll be previewing the playoffs soon too. Yeah. So thanks for stopping by. Safe travels, and uh, we'll talk on Sunday, my friend. Talk soon, brother. Have a good weekend. Along with the men's, there's also the women's Final Four going on, and who better to come on than Shy? She knows her basketball. She called the Ben Simmons to New Jersey, Jersey. Jesus, I'm old. Brooklyn trade. <laughs> How you doing this Friday, my friend? I'm good. How you doing? Doing good. Had some snow this morning up here, but surviving. Um, So we got some interesting matchups here. Um, You know, the first one, we got South Carolina. We got them going up against Louisville. Mm. Um, Now, looking at this game, what how do you like what is your thoughts and how do you think it's going to play out? Uh, Of course, I have South Carolina winning they have the coach of the year they have the player of the year and also the defensive player of the year on the same team so what i mean it's it's really hard to bet against them so i'm definitely taking south carolina i watched louisville who did they play last last game they played Um, michigan they played michigan and just kind of watching them play i don't think they have enough to beat um everything that south carolina brings to the court yeah they don't have i was looking at their roster and uh, South Carolina has Boston, who's one of the yes. best players in the country. And Louisville, they don't have a player over 6'5". So I'm really worried that they're not going to have any size yeah. to contain her. But on the flip side of that, Louisville has those two guards, Van Lilith and Smith, who yep. are averaging 25 a game. Then Lilith has four straight 20-point games. So I'm a little worried that South Carolina's guards could struggle defending those those two players. That's my one. That's my one concern. They um, uh, I don't think so. But however, if they do, they still have a little Boston down there who's bigger. 
than anybody in college, who's stronger than anybody in college. So I, I think that her having a great game can overshadow those other two girls having a decent game with Louis Because the South Carolina's defense, no doubt, is legit. I was looking back yeah. at it. Um, can you guess the last time they allowed over 65 points in a game was? No. <laughs> January 2nd. Wow. Yeah. That, that is absolutely insane when you think about it. They have not allowed over 65 points in a game since January 2nd. So Louisville will be up against it. One interesting yeah. stat I did find uh-huh. is South Carolina is 260 out of 356 in terms of office, offensive possessions per 40. So, I mean, looking back at it, their offense does kind of struggle when Boston gets in foul trouble. Do yeah. you see any I, scenario where Louisville is able to get her in foul trouble and then their two guards are able to take over the game? Or do you think that her dominance down low is just going to be way too much for the Cardinals? Yeah, she gets too dominant. And like I said, South Carolina has um, the coach of the year. I think when you, it's a lot of teams in college. And for her to win coach of the year, I think that speaks volume in within itself. Um, if Boston gets in foul trouble, which I doubt she does, I think that Dunn Staley, um, the GOAT, I think that she will definitely out-coach, will be a coach, if that was to happen. Okay. Now, the next game, the primetime game tonight, is the game I'm probably looking forward to because out of all of the March Madness that's been going on, Probably the game of the year was the UConn-North Carolina State double overtime game that happened on Monday night. Awesome game, yes. Awesome game, great game. Um, we have UConn going against Stanford. Mm-hmm. What is your prediction for this game? Before I give you my prediction, I'm going to just go ahead and um, say that I'm low-key a Stanford fan. Um, I love South Carolina, of course, because of um, Dunn Staley. And, of course, I had to um, rock with Texas A&M because of the head coach, Johnny, the new head coach there. But I'm low-key a Stanford fan. I, I love what that coach brings to that team. And if you look at her recruits, they they are so – they defend so well. Even when Jones isn't having the best game of her life, the defense overshadows everything. So, um, I'm going with Stanford to beat UConn in the primetime game tonight. I mean, this game to me is going to be popcorn. This is going to be must watch. Um, you know, I'm just looking at it. Stafford has the 300 monster of Jones, Brink, and Hall. Each of them are averaging over 13, 13 yes. points per game. Um, and the main thing I look at it is UConn offensively will be able, I feel, to score with them, but I don't know if they can generate enough stops. Ah. Yeah, so UConn has pro- they probably had the second best player in college in with with Page. Yeah, but I'm t- so, um Stanford locks down when it when it comes time to play they lock down defense. I know Russell Wilson's sister Anna Wilson, mm-hmm. she's one of those guards that has, she's small but she plays so big on defense and if she's going offensively it's so hard to beat them. So I, I'm sure Anna Wilson probably will start off on page and hopefully finish if she doesn't get in foul trouble. And, I mean, the one thing about the Cardinals, the Stanford Cardinals, is I feel like if you want to get in a track meet, 
they can beat you in a track meet. Yes, they can. They like, run. If you want to get in a grind out like slugfest, they can beat you in a grind out slugfest. I just feel out of the four teams, they have multiple things they can do the most. They don't rely yes. on that thing. And um, they and they also have that that young lady who can dunk. They they go on, they go on fast breaks and she take it down the court yeah. really quick and throw it down. I mean, she don't throw it down, but she dunks, which is pretty amazing to me. Now, the um and then they also what's remarkable is their game their game against Texas, which they won. Yep. Uh 59 to 50. That was on Monday night as well. Mm-hmm. They had 20 turnovers. 20 turnovers and they still won the game because Texas yes. was picking them up full court and it just got into full court, you know, grinded out game. So yeah, Stafford's gonna Stanford's gonna be pretty tough to beat. But the one thing about UConn is I was looking at it because of um Paige having the knee injury and the injuries that they've battled, mm-hmm. they've used 11 different starting lineups. So they're yeah. used to multiple players being able to step up and being in the limelight. And do you know when the last time they, oh, sorry, the last, they haven't lost since February 9th. Yep. And do you know how many times they've allowed over 50 points in a game? Just <laughs> February, February no. 9th? No. Twice. Hmm. So, I mean, I really think, like, so that goes back to my thing is that who they were playing in the Big East or, you know what I mean? Like, is this just such a big step up in comp that they're not going to be able to get those stops? I guess that's my question to you. I'm, I'll just say I, I went to I went to see UConn play. They came to Georgia. They played Georgia Tech. And there was, like, a few games. I think there was it was, like, either a game before or two games after Paige was hurt. They also had some other girls out. And um, – just having Paige in that back in the rotation and that they're a healthy team, they won't be – it's not going to be easy to beat them, I'm going to say that. Because I, I think I think, I think think Tech beat them. Well, that Tech did beat them. They won on the losing streak. Actually, I think they, they was, like, number two when she got hurt when I went down to, like, 10. They were still in the top 10. But it's going to be hard to beat them. I, I'm going to just say that. Okay, so you got you got Stanford going through that setting up Stanford uh, Stanford against um South Carolina against South Carolina. Yep. Uh, and that will be played on Sunday. Who do you like on, on in that game? Who? Uh, it's like it's like my my heart telling me one thing and my gut telling me another thing. Um, my heart is telling me South Carolina only because of. They just have everything going. Like I said, they done Staley's coach of the year. Aaliyah Boston won two two big awards. Um, I South Carolina, but my 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 gut is telling me Stanford, but my heart is telling me South Carolina. So I'm gonna go with South Carolina to win to win the whole thing. I always go with the gut, so I, I would go with Stanford. Nah, I got I got I got to go with South Carolina. Like what my gut says. So I mean, um, I don't know. Like that's gonna be another like. Good game. Yeah, uh, it is. I just feel that with Stafford, Stanford relying on multiple players, Jones, Brink, and Hall, mm-hmm. and have being able to beat you in different aspects of the game. So yes. track fest, yep. half court game, everything. Everything. <laughs> I just feel like I want the team that has multiple ways of winning as opposed to the team that relies on just one thing to go right, if that makes sense. I mean, 
um South Carolina has a like South Carolina has a lot of good great pieces as well. But if you I don't know if you watched last year's um Final Four or I mean Stanford won and Jones the star in Stanford she has definitely elevated elevated her game. She added the three to her game, so that's why it's going to be so hard to beat them. I mean, I, I watched last year and that point guard from Zona. I mean, that girl was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed, she was. She's in the I, NBA now. I enjoyed watching her and like yep. the story with the um, the coach coming back mm-hmm. and getting him that level while having a young kid. Yeah, remarkable. So, um, so you're gonna go with South Carolina over Stafford. Stanford. Yes. Stanford. Yep. Uh, all right, so I'm a little different. I'm going with Sanford over South Carolina just because you and I can never agree on anything. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. So, um, yeah, I felt last year, like, and I admit it, I don't – March is basically my time where I watch women's college basketball. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was thoroughly entertained with it last year. Mm-hmm. And I felt both the games were competitive. Both the games were good. There was like drama. They came down to the final, to the last like three, two minutes of the game. Yep. I feel this year though, the UConn North Carolina State game was great. Yep. The Michigan South Dakota State South Dakota excuse me game was great. Mm-hmm. And the Notre Dame NC State was great. It was. Are we going to see any drama, or is this just going to be just just beat down city? No, I I don't think it'll be drama. I just think it's going to be some really great games. All right, because I'm I'm thoroughly dying for that buzzer beater, which unfortunately we only have one, and that came last night in the NIT. Yeah, with the Xavier Xavier game. So, well, hey, you know, I know you got a million and two things going on. <laughs> I would like to thank you. Of course. Coming on and talking a little women's final four. Oh, yeah. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and everything? Before I say that, I'm going to say this last thing when it comes to the final four. I'm taking Duke to win everything with, within the men's uh, and men. Because I want to see, number one, I want to see Coach K go out in a great way. And they playing awesome. But you can find me on Instagram at iSportsEYEZSPORTZ and uh, on YouTube with it the same. I sports E Y A Z S P O R T Z. See, I hate Duke, and I really hope that it is they lose by thirty tomorrow night. No, no it's not happening. And um, Shashevsky, they just they just constantly cutting to him on the sidelines. You know, head down. Yep. That's what I'm hoping for because, like, not happening. You know, my sister is good friends with actually Shashevsky's daughter. Uh huh. Um. And one of my good friends actually played for him. And the text messages that I get from him are so <laughs> effing annoying right now <laughs> that I hope they just get killed so I can just start blowing blowing him up on the text. No, that, that's not happening. Duke, Duke is playing. He, they, they're playing too good. And Coach K going to ride off in the sunset. It's uh, perfect well, ending. I'm, gonna, I'm writing your name down. You're going to be added to the text list after they lose. <laughs> so thanks for coming on, bud. Uh Make sure you give her a follow, and, uh, you know, we'll continue with this week's show. So it's men's Final Four. It's a happy weekend, but it's also a sad weekend because basketball is coming to an end. You know, a little tearjerker for me and my boy David because 
we love us some hoops. You know, you've been kicking ass in totals, man. Uh, why don't you tell everybody, A, how you did on the year, and B, how sad you're going to be next weekend? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bittersweet moment, you know. Like, and, and to that point, I mean, I know some cappers that won't even touch this part just knowing, like, it's so volatile for them. Um but yeah, on the year, you know, with the, uh, you know, my, my year to date for this, for this uh, season for NCAA men uh, as a whole, I'm up plus 21 units um, for the actual postseason. It's actually better is, uh, you know, plus uh, 25 right now. Um, and that had a lot to do with a lot of the early, early dogs throughout this tournament. Right. Like, I mean, um, you, you had the Cinderella story of St. Peter's and I, rode their coattails <laughs> a lot um all the way up until they played unc and uh, then i bet on unc yeah. um but uh yeah you know it's it is those big massive underdogs you know in, in a lot of ways where there are more 50 50 games than people realized and um you know it just ended up working to my benefit for the for this postseason right now so it's it's been great i i've loved the action uh, I'd say my brackets got demolished, but you know I was I was also hopeful for Houston to to come out on the other side for for one of those plays. So. I'm still bitter because I had Akron straight up against UCLA, and <laughs> I'm still bitter about that because when that dude drove, they had two guys wide open in the corner, one guy in the wing, one guy in the corner, and my I don't know how you think, but when you're a 13, 15 point dog, you got to go for the win. I don't want, I don't want overtime. I want the win. Right. No, absolutely. You never want overtime. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so we got two interesting games and before we dive into this, I'm going to say I got Kansas at 16 to one and I got Duke at 15 to one at the beginning of the year. So I, I I'm in a pretty good position. So, I mean, I, I got to say that before we start this, um, first game, we got Nova, we got Kansas. Tell me where your head's at. Sure thing. So, you know, with this one, I <clears throat> the line's actually really close, right? I mean, I think you have the line. Let me pull, uh, let me pull up bet stamp right here. All right, so per bet stamp, what we got is Bet Rivers is the best line for Nova at four and a half, but William Hill has Nova at minus four. Uh, the total, you can get an over of 132 at Bookmaker, but you can get an under of 134 at William Hill. First half, BetMGM has Nova at plus 2.5. FanDuel has Kansas at minus 1.5. The first half over-under over is about equal. Uh, 61 for the over, 61.5 for the under. Yeah, and and that's pretty much where I've seen a lot of books too, kind of hanging steady. I mean that uh, those first half lines are a little, little, little better actually than, than some other books I've seen. Um, but to that point, you know, I actually for the game, and I'm not uh, surprised to see William Hill a little bit lower, um, just because I actually favor Villanova in this game. Um, I'm actually showing them with a little bit more of like a minus three line for themselves. Uh, if I'm looking at my numbers, right. Yep. Minus three for Villanova. And this is based off defensive statistics. Villanova has a better defense in Kansas. 
Um, and they obviously are the number one free throw shooting team at the line. Like when it comes down the stretch and if it's a close game, um, the way I expect it to be uh, with their defense, then, you know, I think defense wins championships here with the kids. Um, I absolutely am going to back Villanova for the game uh, at that line. The plus four and a half is really good there. Um, you know, for the first half, uh, and I don't have anything really crazy on the totals here. I mean, my line for the totals is 135. So I'm kind of actually shying away from, you know, going anywhere near that over under. It's going to be really, really close. The um, I think the first half kind of lends itself a little bit better um, toward the over in that sense. Like, I don't think these teams are going to come out and all of a sudden score another 70-some plus points to even get where that is so i actually kind of like the over 61 uh for the first half there uh, again if i was playing uh villanova i would definitely take a look at their money line as well but i'm always of the notion that like you can't trust the kids um so you know i definitely think points are a premium when you're getting to this point of the tournament uh getting to this point just in general and Definitely something, you know, that I watch out for. Um, it's, you know, I, I like to try and just say, all right, just take the money line because you're not paying any juice and you're going to really enjoy that and it's going to be a better payoff for yourself. A lot of these games that people are winning on average by the, I think the win, the winning margin of an average for themselves is actually uh, right around nine and a half points for a victory for them. So it's like there is definitely a distinctive edge to, play the lines um but because then all of a sudden you're kind of giving yourselves like 13 points in my book uh if you just add it to that average nine and a half and just saying like so you're looking at villanova at plus four and a half sure but in my mind that these teams if they're going to win they're going to win by an average of you know more than eight points so it's it's to your benefit to definitely sprinkle a little bit on the money line i always sprinkle i usually do one unit on the money line and you know, like two or three on the spread. I always, always sprinkle. And like we we're talking beforehand, still bitter. I didn't get my plus 850 on Akron. Still, still <laughs> bitter about that for the first round. Um, yeah, looking at this, I completely agree with you. I think the market's kind of overreacted a little bit from the injury from more to Nova. Um, Nova's going to play at a slow pace. I think they're going to even play at a slower pace without more. And playing at the slow pace, I started looking at it. Kansas, in terms of points per possession in half-court sets, is outside the top 150 in college basketball, which is mind-boggling to me with how how good they are. So they like to get up and down. And if Nova's controlling the pace, they're not going to be able to do that. And Nova, I look at looked at this, Nova is 24th in the country in field goal percentage defending the rim. So they're really good, even though they're small, defending the rim. Kansas has McCormick. They like to go down low, but with the way Nova plays, they're going to pack that middle, protect the rim, force Kansas to try to make the threes. And I'll be honest, I don't trust anyone Kansas has to step in and make a three. Um, and then Nova, Nova can shoot. Nova's not going to be Miami and go three for 21. Nova can flat out shoot. Like you said, they're the best three throw shooting team in the country. It's at, it opened up at three and a half. Bet Rivers, as you can see, has four and a half. 
I'm selfishly holding out for a five. I think we can get five. I think you're right. I mean, I do think the money will end up there a little bit. Um, that was actually the one thing I was looking at. And what I, I, and I agree with you. I think you definitely will get five because right now we're looking at a 63 37 split on the money right now in favor of Kansas. So, you know, if the money keeps pouring in that way and people are just looking at the number one seeded team right now that's left, they're going to go, yeah, I'm going to drop some money on them, you know, just, just because they probably don't do any other research. Like, you'll probably get a five. Yeah, I, I get that five. I want to get that money line up to plus 190. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. waiting on this one, but I'm going to be in on Nova. And the thing that's just astronomically mind-boggling to me that no one is talking about if Nova wins this, that means out of the last six times that this tournament's been played, they've won three of them. That is pretty nuts. Dude, I, I didn't crazy. I didn't even look up the history on that. <laughs> I mean, that is like absolutely mind-boggling. Like everyone's talking about Coach K this, Coach K that. You got Jay Wright, like who's just like, oh, dude, just rolling in, just gonna win three out of six, dude. That which is crazy to me. Like, just yeah. crazy to me. Um the next game, the featured game, we got UNC, we got Duke. Uh, I already locked in a bet on this bad boy, but why don't you tell everybody what what you got here? Yeah, for sure. So uh, similarly uh, to Villanova game, you know, I think Duke's getting too many points right now. Um, you know, so for the game, I actually have this little tighter um definitely something that i'm seeing for myself is again uh around like kind of a minus three actually in favor of unc uh this is based on defensive statistics by the way um so i'm actually lining that up from that angle um and you know again this is this is going to be a pace game i think you know what i really enjoy about this um is actually the first half i am leaning very hard um toward the over 70 and a half for a total here because, you know, from the perspective, let me make sure I got the right pull up here. Uh, from the perspective of the overall uh, point totals, uh, I'm looking at an average of about 155 uh, and, and plus, and these lines are, you know, right about 150. Um, so there's definitely a little bit of an edge for the full game, but to say that they could hit 70 and then eclipse that for the full game, you know, with another 80 on top in the second half is, you know, at least how it's positioned. I think you have a, I think there's a significant edge to play the over 70 and a half here in a game that I think is going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of juice just running up and down the court. Like it's going to be motivational. Um, there will be some defensive play, but you know, the thing is that it's someone like, you know, when I have those numbers and I'm setting them, then I think about statistics of, you know, what they did in terms of actually offsetting some of their key players from each team. And Baycott from North Carolina, he has carried this team to a new level for himself where he's having, he's had a double double pretty much throughout the tournament. The kicker is when he's played against Duke, he has averaged less than uh, 10 rebounds per game. And, you know, from that perspective, he won't be on the glass as much as people think in terms of being able to have that kind of defensive 
approach, I think, you know, when it comes to Duke, because Duke sizes up pretty nicely with him on, in the interior there. So, you know, in a lot of ways, I actually just think it's going to just come down to a high scoring affair, not a lot of defense. Um, I, there will be some, but I just don't think to the level of this game that everybody's got the hype train, you know, uh, going forward right now. And the pace of the way these two teams play against each other. I mean, UNC wants to get up and down quick. Duke wants to definitely do that, you know, where they can as well. Um, the very interesting part also for me of why uh, another area that I really kind of lean toward is actually Duke in the first half. I know I just said UNC for the game, but I definitely think, you know, if you're just going to play the full game, uh, UNC's plus four right now is an edge play. Um, however, for the first half, what I really like from Duke is that, they have a better neutral record for a neutral site than UNC does right now. Duke at a neutral site is eight and one. Uh, North Carolina is 50, 50 more or less with five and four. So Duke comes out pretty strong. Um, and don't get me wrong, like this part of the tournament, everybody's playing well, you know, everybody's in a good spot. They're all, you know, hitting the boards, hitting the, you know, offense threes outside, finding the looks, finding the man that they need to, but I absolutely am, you know, focused on just a few of those other different edge things that I think really can play to the benefit. So if I had to make another first half play, it would be Duke minus one and a half. Okay. So I to piggyback what you're saying, and I'm hearing a lot of people talk about how this game's being played at the whatever it's called now, the like will it like what is it, Caesars? Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Caesar, Caesar like, Superdome, yeah. Whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, like, looked at the history, and everyone's saying, you know, football stadium, bet the under. I looked. There's been six games played there, and it's three and three. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I think everyone's kind of overreacting to that. I do agree with you. you got two teams that like to get up and down the floor, and I think this game is going to be – insanely high scoring but let me ask you this question you mentioned how there's going to be lots of runs with live betting being the way it is do you think this is a game where people can sit back and get like a plus 175 150 on a team on both sides i think i was going to say that if you didn't say that i was going to say that i think on both sides if people want to sit back and wait on this game now you can probably start with unc you know and if they come out hot then just keep watching where, you know, they end up putting Duke at some point and then you're making money one way or the other. And, but you're betting money line just straight yeah. up. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I think from a live betting perspective, I think the most, uh, I think one of the better edges is going to be the money line, just watching, you know, how that flips from one, one team to the other based on these runs in the game. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm definitely going to look to do like that. Cause I only locked in, I was able to get UNC at plus four and a half last night. Nice. So this is this is my thought process on this. Um, a, my dad has an old saying: "You are who you are." This whole season, Duke has been very suspect on D, and Virginia Tech exposed that. But I kind of feel like with Sorry, how the tournament has gone, you know what I mean? Like people have forgotten yeah. about that. You look at who Duke has played, the only team that somewhat resembles what North Carolina can do, and they're not even close to as good as North Carolina is doing it in terms of making threes, getting out in transition, 
and a and a uh, post presence is Michigan State. Duke was down five with five to play, down two with two to play. Could have easily lost that game. I'm 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 pissed. I lost that cover too. So I just feel that Duke's going to, excuse me, North Carolina is really going to be able to take advantage of Duke's issues. Texas Tech, which was a train wreck all year on offense, was carving up this Duke's defense so bad, they had to go to a 2-3 zone. Like, that's something they haven't done all year. And credit where credit is due, because it totally threw Texas Tech for a loop, but I just think they're going to be able to shred this Duke defense. Yeah, and you know, and I and I think they are familiar enough with each other to already have that kind of game plan ready to go. Um, you know, they they play enough throughout the year. They they watch each other. I mean, that biggest rivalry, one of the bigger rivalries in all of college basketball. You know, coming to the stage is a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing to watch, enjoy. Um, definitely agree with you, though. I, I definitely can see this from the perspective of you know just where uh, UNC can definitely carve up Duke. And if, and if they come out cold and UNC fires like they have pretty early and often lately, yeah, it could be a whole, it could be a very long game for Duke, but you know, I absolutely think each team is just going to want to get up and down the court. You're going to see a lot of buckets pretty early, maybe just some really, you know, soft interior plays, making sure that people can get on the glass first, get a little comfortable. And then you're just going to see people just start going. And I do want to throw out one player prop. I usually don't bet player props, but I kind of like Mayak over two and a half threes. Oh yeah, I saw that one earlier too. Definitely, I'm I mean, all about I that. Kind of like there's that. no way that they don't put that thing in that man's hands at least ten times to the game, and he hits at least thirty percent from the field at three. Like I, I like that one a lot. So let me ask you this: Let's say you know I'm. You know, we're watching the game. Game starts out hot, you know, and we're locked in. You and I both have the over 70 and a half. Yep. Um, game start starts out hot. Let's say at the under four timeout. Let's say the live total has ticked up to 78, 79. Will you be looking to play a middle or just hold your position? I'd hold my position. I... I don't. I, I love to try and middle some things for sure, mm-hmm. um, but I think you know that that part down the stretch when you get into that when you get under that four minute territory, even under two minute territory, it it just becomes a show. Like yeah. you 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 really don't know. I mean, you're definitely right there. I mean, you're talking eight nine points, two three buckets in a matter yeah. of a minute is not unrealistic. Um, so with these guys, yeah. So I would personally just hold at the over and call it good for myself. And mm-hmm. that way I don't try to offset myself if, if for some reason. Shenanigans. You know, but yeah, exactly. So at what number, so let's say you and I both lock in, we'll say we'll use the William Hill plus 170. Sure. What number would we, would Duke look to be a buy in your eyes? Like, like wait for plus 170, we'll go as low as plus 150. What number would you look to buy? At least at plus 150 okay. um, at, at a minimum. I mean, I want to know that, you know, even, even though it's not an equal one for one in terms of that dog money, at least that I know I'm making some kind of dog money at the end of the day, um, you know, especially in a live situation, right? Like, I mean, 
you know, you put, you know, maybe one or two, one unit at least on, you know, plus 170 and then plus 150 shows up cool. Like, you know, you're at least walking away with another extra 50 in your pocket, um, you know, like, or half or whatever. So that's, that's at least like the good thing there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at least at the plus 150 mark, it's got to be worth it. I mean, if anybody that's trying to do that as low as, you know, uh, at least under the plus 140, plus 130 threshold, you're really not getting anything at value there. Um, you know, and you're only just trying to, I don't know, it's penny pinching in my opinion. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, you know. I mean, and also it kind of depends, like, how much you bet. Like, I mean, if exactly. you're a person that's throwing 25 on a money line, right. end of the day it's not worth it. But I mean, like if you're throwing like a couple hundo on the money line, then it becomes worth it. And that's just like, David and I are never going to tell you to like overstep and bet more than you can afford. But you know what you can afford if it's, you know, in a couple hundred range in a money line, then I would definitely look to hedge. Exactly. Um, Now, speaking of hedging, I did mention how I had Kansas and Duke futures. Um, my, my, my view with hedging is this, I put a half a unit on it, half a unit's not going to break me. So I'm just going to let it ride. Maybe if it gets to the finals, maybe then depending on what the number is, but in this situation, you know, half a unit and it's been sitting pending in my, in the, I think I have it on bet online and the bet online account. I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hedge. Yeah. And I, I don't think you would have any, any reason to at that yeah. point. Right. Like um, I think it's smart to do the half unit at this stage. Uh, the next one. No, nah, you, yeah. you're probably sitting pretty, man. I mean, I think those are beautiful. I, I, I'm really envious that you got them in where you did. <laughs> you know what? It just, it's some years, some years it just comes out that way where you just, yeah. you just pick some futures and you know, it just, it just works your way, man. Um, Dude, you know, it's been a while since we talked. We haven't talked since the Super Bowl. You know, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to be doing more live stuff. So once uh, NFL starts, you're going to be getting those annoying Monday Monday morning messages from me asking me what your Friday schedule is, my man. So uh, I appreciate all your hard work and uh, look forward to having you on more. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Great. Thanks so much, Eric. And yeah, you know, I, I did think about that going all the way back to the Super Bowl and was like, you know, I nailed it with Cincinnati in the cover. <laughs> you did, man. It was just by, by a point, but it, it counted. And <laughs> so. what we had, didn't we get, did you gave out OBJ first TD, you know? I did. Yeah. yeah. You gave out OBJ first TD. And he had it. Trust me. I, everybody was watching me, you know, lose my mind when that happened. And I had OBJ plus, OBJ plus Rams to win in, in plus money as well. So Jeez, dude, dude, that was pretty dude. I hit on a lot of different angles that game. It was a lot of fun. Did you have OBJ MVP? No, I didn't. Oh man, because I'll be honest, if he doesn't get hurt, he probably wins. You know, I I actually went quarterback, just being like, well, you know, they'll pro-, but then I didn't expect you know Cup and all these people to you know have the games that they were having around them. So it was. Uh, you know, I was I was definitely looking to to Stafford to to have an MVP there. Uh, that was I think that was the only thing that I lost out on. But yeah, man, you you killed that man. So I mean, you you know, 
game what's the saying game recognizes game is that game recognizes game (laughs) i recognize the game man i appreciate (laughs) you coming on dude um definitely gonna you know once football comes dude you know you're gonna you're gonna be getting like i said you're gonna be getting a lot of text messages out here from me during baseball season i treat i treat it just as well um see i'm not much see you're for i can't bet baseball like i don't do stuff i'm not good at Mm -hmm. so I I just don't bet baseball that much. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I don't go nuts, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that I I've got a good model that I'm enjoying. I put together. I put a lot of time into it. Um, refined it over last year, even to another level. So uh, I'm interested to see with definitely how these teams have started to piece together at the end of the you know just before the season here how they're actually going to play. So. It'll be a lot of, it's a long season, right? Like it, it's not something I have to go crazy on in the beginning. For me, it's something I definitely just start to pick up more, you know, after the first month or two, um, just to get eyes on the consistency of these teams, making sure nobody gets crazy hurt in the beginning and, uh, and then kind of go from there. So, yeah, I, you know, I would definitely look forward to, football season with you of course no question about it but if there's anything else you want to talk about you know i probably got something set up <laughs> probably got an angle my man that's what you're saying probably got an angle but uh, and to uh, that angle to that angle if people want to find me to talk about anything you can find me on twitter uh at denver dog better b-e-t-t-o-r and yeah man it's been a pleasure always always thank you so much for having me on your show Awesome, man. Look forward to talking to you in the future. And, uh, you know, let's go Nova. Let's the, uh, and let's go, uh, Carolina go UNC and perfect, <laughs> perfect scenario, perfect scenario. UNC crushes them. They're up 35. They keep on showing Krzyzewski hand down in his face in the second half. You know, that is my dream. You know, I, I would love that to happen. That would be the perfect swan song in my eyes. So yep, I hear you. So thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk soon, dude. All right, brother. Take care. It is that time of the week when my boy, my ride or die, Boston Boy 83 on Instagram and Twitter. Brandon comes on and we talk a little NASCAR. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good. Hopefully you come out from the sellers this week. We've been close but too short week after week. I mean it we're seeing it means we're seeing the card but you know when you get second place man that's just a kick in the balls dude yeah that's what two weeks two yeah almost two weeks in a row with that two weeks in a row second place i mean we did have the cat clash we did have the daytona 500 so we start off the, the year the year rock solid we're still up on the year and we're swimming in second place this year this week excuse me we're going to richmond what can you tell everyone about the richmond track my friend it's not it's not a perfect circle. The, the back stretch curved the corners, of course. The front stretch is that looping front stretch. The cars are loose. They're going to try and drive them in hard. It was a crapshoot last night in Road to Pro seeing that with drivers. It's just – it's going to be bumper to bumper with these new cars, and they're already not getting separation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be nose to tail, and some guys are going to get moved out of the way. So, But it makes for fun racing, though. It does. Like, the it, whole it's fun. It's this fun. whole year with this new car has been very exciting week after week. So it's and fun. Six races, six different winners. So NASCAR has figured something out. So we can't really complain about that. No. So what we're going to do is we're going to be using draft 
DraftKings odds. We're going to be pulling those up right now. Um, now, the first guy I've locked in, I mean, I locked him in at 10 to 1. He's already ticked down to 9 to 1. I went with Truex. Um, let's face it. He could have won the spring and the fall race last year since 2019. He has an average finish of two in five races, three wins, five top fives. And the crazy stat that I was looking at, out of all the laps he's ran, he has led 24.1% of the laps. I understand it's a new car, but when you are this dominant at that track, I, I, I got a plan. It doesn't matter what type of car you get put into. If you know a track that well, and that's always been your dominant track, you're going to find a way around it quicker than somebody else, even if it is a new car. So that's a good pick for your first one. I'm rolling with Hamlin at 12 to 1. We talked about this before we got on. Vegas can see something, clearly. There's never 15 to 18 drivers with 20 to 1 or below odds going into a week. So they see how the shift with this new car has taken the mediocre teams or the teams that don't have funding and putting them up like a Suarez. Um, you've seen Ross Chastain win last week. He's been in it. Tyler Reddick's been in it every week. Um, I think Hamlin's due for one. He's definitely not happy. He's frustrated. And I think if there is a track, he can put a bumper to somebody and get out some frustration and grab a victory. It's going to be uh, Richmond. So that's going to be mine at 12 to one. Next person I'm going to be going to is, Another person at 12 to 1. Going with Tyler Reddick. It just seems to me that the drivers who have history racing in dirt on dirt, have it be Larson and Briscoe and even Reddick, are really performing well on a consistent basis in this new setup. I know historically speaking, he only has an average finish of 15.33 here, but you know, he I I I think the dirt drivers are just picking up this new package and, you know, at 12 to one, you know, I like him here. I like him too. Um, I will piggyback that pick with you for sure. He's been consistent every week. He's led a lot of laps. He's been in the top five consistently speaking of dirt racing. He knows how to kick it out on that rear end. He's going to do it at this track. The tires are going to get worn. Cars are going to be sliding and those dirt drivers are going to be able to handle them better than your average driver. What, uh, What's your next pick, my friend? My next pick, um, I know we talked about sprinkling them in there. We both agreed a little bit of Brad Keselowski at 70 to 1. I mean, when was the last? I mean, look at this. I'm still going. I'm still scrolling right now. Still scrolling. There he is. I mean, when was the last time we saw Brad Keselowski listed at 70 to 1? to win a NASCAR race. Let's up that one more. When's the last time you've seen Eric Jones, Austin Sendrick, Eric Almarola, and Austin Dillon, and Daniel Suarez above Brad Daniel Jones. Suarez is 25 to 1. Who's normally <laughs> 200 to 1. But Brad has had no luck with the new car. Um, I think he's not focused as a driver as much now that he's a part of Roush, Fenway, yeah. Keselowski. So I feel like he's playing more of an owner role than truly focusing on driving. I think that's why Hamlin has struggled, having his own ownership with Michael Jordan with another team. I don't personally think it should be allowed, and I don't think it's good for a driver. You shouldn't be able to own a team and race for a different team at the same time. He's in the office too much. He's dealing with other things, finances, ROIs, everything else that an owner has to deal with compared to just focus on driving. So with that being said, 
Not a fan of what he's done for performance this year. I don't like his shots at this track, but how do you not bet on Brad Keselowski at 70 to one? It, you're right. It's a numbers play. It's a principal play. I mean, 70 to one, if you don't play Kozlowski, you just have to do it. Um, my next head to head shifting back up here. We're going with your mother's favorite <laughs> racer. Good old Chris Bell at 14 to one. He has three wins at Richmond on the Xfinity series. And we need to remember that Joe Gibbs racing last year dominated the Richmond tracks. Yeah. Uh, this is the track. This is where they live. I like Bell a lot. I think he's been racing good this year. 14 to one, you know, I, I'm in on him. I like it. My mom's definitely going to like your podcast now because of you <laughs> saying that and actually giving her a plug. So appreciate that for the moms. Um, I'm with you. Uh, Christopher Bell, good at short tracks, good at dirt tracks, basically good at anything the kid gets into. Um, so I'll piggyback that as well. The long shot that I told all of you that I'm going to stick with until we finally hit, and it will happen this year, Harrison Burton, 150 to 1. Plug him this week. It's a short track. We've seen guys like Cole Custer running up front. We saw Ross Chastain get a win. We've talked about it. This car is giving these other drivers and teams opportunities. Wood Brothers, Penske car, he's going to get his win. I'm betting him every week because if we do bet him every week, one hit in, what, 36 weeks is going to triple your ROI, period. It's so it, it's absolutely crazy. And you made up a good point. Even though he's not in a quote-unquote name car, he's still getting name car attention. Yeah, and equipment. All that, that that entire car says Wood Brothers, but it's all manufactured in Penske. It is just yep. driven to the track in a Wood Brothers hauler. That's it. Now we're going to shift our attention. By popular demand, you know, I got some messages. They loved it last year when we went through these head-to-heads and uh, group winners. So we're going to go back to that. First one, we got Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain. Denny. Next, we got Kurt Busch and Eric Jones. Kurt. William Byron and Tyler Reddick. Reddick. Austin Dillon, Austin Sendrick. Oh, please plug Austin Sendrick at plus 100. Please give me that money. That's juicy right there. Yeah. Next one, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. My boy's coming through this week, Chase. Alex Bowman, Kevin Harvick. I don't know why that's equal money. Um, I'm going Bowman all the way. Why they have Harvick at minus 110 when he hasn't shown anything whatsoever. Now I'm, I'm rolling with Bowman in that. Now this one I actually bet on. I yes. took Daniel Suarez at plus 110 over Alec Alamorello. Suarez, he's ran well this year. Every time a track this year that's been thrown at him, he's done well. Um, Chastain, not Chastain, right? No. Uh, last week, I'm spacing. Uh, Ross, yeah, Chastain. Yeah, one last week. They're on the same team. Uh, and Suarez has three top 10 finishes at Richmond. And just historically, Almarello, he hasn't ran well here. He has one finish at six. Everything else is 20 or below her. I like Suarez here, and I think there's definitely value on him. Yeah, I take Suarez all the way. I mean, when you have Pitbull, Mr. 305 himself, owning owning and, this team, money's money getting invested. Forget about Money Floyd. 
Yeah, Floyd. Yeah, Floyd. I forgot about that. Floyd Money Mayweather. Money. You got those two guys with just a pocket full of money being thrown at these two drivers. They're going to be in the equipment. They're going to get what they need. So I'm absolutely jumping on plus 110 for sure. Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney. So if you're going to bet, if you're going to bet, I like Blaney in this, but if you're going to bet Bell straight to win the race, I'm going to roll with Blaney on the head-to-head portion. Martin Truex, Kyle Busch. Truex. Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe. Give me Briscoe. Benny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick. I'm going to – so here we go. Back to what we said. I think Denny would win this matchup, but if you're going to bet Denny in the earlier head-to-head, I'm betting Tyler in this head-to-head. Willie Byron, Joey Logano. You guys know I don't like him for many, many personal reasons, but Joey Logano. Logano, Kyle Busch. Kyle. Now we're going to shift our attention up here to the group winner. Uh, Group A, we have Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch. So if you're betting Truex to win the race, I am betting Chase to win the group. If you do not bet Truex to win the race, you need to bet Truex to win this group. You may have to replay that. If you're not listening to this live, you made to replay what I just said. Bet Truex for the win, Chase in the group. Stay away from Truex in the win. Bet Truex in the group. Group B, William Byron, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain. Reddick. Group C, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe. I'm betting two in that group. I'm taking Denny at 220 and Bell at 260. So if either one of them wins, you have, an, you have a little ROI. The reason I'm doing that, I don't like betting two head-to-head, but I like that plus 260 out of that for Bell. Group D, Alex Bowman, Kevin Harvick, Daniel Suarez, Almarillo. See, I almost took Suarez here, but I'm a little worried about Bowman, and that's yeah. why I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I'd take Bowman in this group. I like I the Suarez plug. I like the money on him, but if anybody's gonna if anybody's gonna spoil that, it's gonna be Bowman. And don't don't you find it weird that in the head to head, Amorello's the favorite, but in this group bet, Suarez is the favorite. That's interesting. You know that that that's a little bit of an error. Uh see what they got here under feature matchup. These these can always be good. Uh we already where oh, Kyle Bush, Alex Bowman. I'm taking Bowman plus one twenty. I, I don't like. I'm never gonna do a head to head at minus one fifty. Yeah, the return on that bet's not worth it. You're gonna have to throw a good chunk of money and hope something doesn't happen to Kyle. Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Denny, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex, Truex, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick. I don't know why they keep plugging Ross in there, but anytime you're coming off of a win, usually these guys are just settling in for the next race, knowing they're already in the playoffs. So, yeah. All right. So winning race manufacturer, Chevy, Toyota, or Ford? I'm going to do a Chevy. All right. These are always fun. Top Chevy. Um, 
Now look, we've been hyping the we've been we've been hyping people up here. You know, we got Elliot, Larson, Byron, Reddick. I mean I don't like betting this to be honest. Yeah. Throw a little money on Suarez, 12 to 1, little little craziness, or you could. The only reason I don't like betting on this is if you try to get a big ROI with let's just say Justin Haley at 80 to 1. You need Chase, Larson, Byron, Reddick, Chastine, Bowman, Dylan, Suarez. You need all of those guys yes. to have a bad yeah. yes. yes. So I'm not a fan of this bet unless somebody's trying to go out for a long shot, but even if you grab Chase or Larson, you're looking at 380 and 425. Not that's not worth it. No. Uh top Ford. Ooh. Okay. The name that stuck right out. 22 to 1. Brad K. If so we- that's the thing. So I'm looking at this here, right here. Um, what about Cendric at 12? I mean, he's been running pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. That that one to me kind of it was the one sticking out. You still want to go with Brad? Yeah. All right. Um, top Toyota, and it's funny. Like, someone hit one of the top Toyotas last year with Bubba, and it was when everyone everyone crashed. <laughs> um, the only one, the only one I'd touch in here is Kurt Busch. Okay. Yeah. Now I was going to ask you this. Let me see if they have these odds still up. Um, NASCAR Cup futures, the championship. Now I always look at these, and I think what we are going to start doing is kind of just seeing, like, based on how you see the season going, is there anyone you think could have some value if we bet us? Bet this. Yeah. I'm looking at it. There's no way in hell I'm betting Ross Chastain at 10 to 1. What's no Reddick? What's Reddick? Um, Reddick is down at 19 to 1. I like that. That's kind of interesting. I do. The kids, the kid looks real good right now. Even Austin Cindric at 22. That's the one I was gonna ask you because he's I think he's running good, dude. And he's already in the playoffs. You know, he's running good, he's already locked in his position. I mean, you got guys like Elliot hasn't run a race. Byron hasn't won a race. Kyle no. hasn't run a race. You know, here's the weird thing though: the way the point structure is, and you got so many winners already. This whole win and you're in might not be so valid because there could be a good chance that you do have sixteen over sixteen different drivers win win races, and then it falls into points. And right now, as bad as Elliott's really done overall as a, for a win. He's got like a 68-point cushion in first place in points. So, okay, so top 16 make it in, right? Yes. Now, if you win, you're technically already in. But let's say 18 drivers win. Well, now it's going to go based off of points after the win. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, I got you. It's still a long shot, but we're talking six races out of 36, I believe, and six have already won. Yeah. Yeah, I I got you. I got you. I got you. I I don't know. I like Cendric here. I like him at 22. I mean, hell, even Bell at 25. Yeah. I mean, Brad at 60. I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so every week we'll just kind of look at these. This week, you know, Reddick at 19 and Cendric at 22 are the ones, you know, that kind of stick out. 
to uh, to Brandon and myself. Brandon, dude, you know, every week you're a fucking rock star. You come on here, you do your thing. I gave you a speech about not swearing. I was the first one to swear. That's my yeah, fault. I, I caught that. Uh, <laughs> um, why don't you tell everybody how your iRacing is doing and where they can find you on uh, social media and everything? We'll keep it short and sweet. Had a, had another bad run at Richmond last night. We could not find speed once again. Uh, really, really, really struggled through the center of the corner. Finished uh, 23rd, I believe. So still going to keep grinding out the season to prepare for next year because this year could be a lost cause, but it's not, not going to give up on it. But um, Boston Boy 83 on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'll keep you guys updated. Keep following. Hopefully we can plug in some cash this week. I send me the link. I'll definitely tweet it out, Instagram it out. Best of luck, guys. Make sure you give Brandon a follow. Again, we are on Suarez over on Morello. I'm on Reddick, Bell, and Truex. And who are you on, B? I'm on Hamlin, Reddick as well, and Kozlowski in our one dark course throughout the season, Harrison Burton. All right. Let's make that cheddar, boys. Brandon, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Have a good one, guys. That's it for today's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate, like I said, we're going to be doing more live stuff, doing more clips, more video stuff, which I'm really looking forward to really going to be diving into this going, going all at it. I've used to only been audio now. Thanks to my boy, Gino doing more video stuff. So I'd like to thank this week's guest. Also, I'd like to thank you guys, like I said, for tuning in, watching. If you could like subscribe, leave a comment on YouTube, leave a comment on a review, excuse me, on iTunes or Spotify. Greatly appreciated. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to thank Gino for coming on, talking WrestleMania, giving his thoughts on the card, who he thinks is going to win between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Is Cody Rhodes going to show up? What exactly to expect from the Austin and KO segment? Also want to thank Shy coming on, talking a little women's final four, giving her thoughts on each matchup and who she thinks is going to be cutting down the net. Also, my boy, David, who I always enjoy talking betting with, coming on, talking a little college basketball. Guys, been money in totals all year. Make sure you definitely give him a follow. One of the best handicappers out there. And lastly, I'd like to thank my boy, Brandon, for coming on and talking NASCAR Richmond, who he thinks is going to win, who he thinks to bet on the heads-to-head, the group matchups, everything. Brandon's here every single week, so make sure you follow him and follow on his iRacing journey. That's it for this week, guys. I'll be back next week. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.